Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you, providing information, education, and resources helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. I'm your host, Steve Keeker, President of Senior Care Consulting. Thanks for being here today. I really appreciate it. And as you listen to this program, just know that you're joined by literally thousands and thousands of others who are interested in the exact same information. We are all in this together. And our mission is to provide you the information, education, and resources for those caring for an elderly loved one and also directly for the seniors themselves. I get lots and lots and lots of calls uh, from senior citizens. Uh, our All of our elderly loved ones, they're still very independent, but they are making plans and they are calling their own shots and uh, really handling a lot of things on their own. So uh, our listening audience would include those seniors as well as the adult children uh, and baby boomers, basically taking care of or maybe having some responsibility uh, for an aging parent or both parents. And then we also have a tremendous number of healthcare professionals uh, at, at a lot of different levels in a lot of t- uh, areas of healthcare who also listen to this program. So uh, it, look, if you're listening uh, to the radio, if you're streaming us online, or uh, you might be listening to a podcast after the fact. Uh, again, thank you so much for being here today and tuning into the program. You can reach us on our toll-free number anytime. It's 1-800-331-6445. Again, one 800 331 Six four four five, and don't forget to visit us online, Senior Care Live, L I V E, Senior Care Live. dot com. And if you do visit online, be sure to uh, connect socially. We do a lot of communications through social media. All right, so today the whole program is going to be how to pay for the high cost of senior care. So I'm going to cover lots and lots of ground today. And I know sometimes getting into numbers and math on the radio, uh, sometimes that doesn't work out very well. So I will do my best uh, to make this as straightforward and understandable because I don't have graphics and all that sort of thing like I would in a presentation or on television. So, uh, so here we go. Let's jump into how to pay for senior care. And so right before we jump into the uh, individual ways to do that, let's just do a very quick overview of the cost. So if you bring in a home care provider, uh, non-medical in-home assistance, you're looking to you know, 20 to $22 an hour. It could be upwards of maybe 25 but 20 22 $23 an hour is pretty, uh, pretty much right down the middle for our area. Private duty nursing, so you can bring in medical professionals. Uh, again, on an hourly basis, you're looking at $25 uh, to maybe $75, $80 an hour uh, for the, uh, on the upper end of that. Now, independent living community will be somewhere in the neighborhood of $2,500 to $4,000 a month. And so that would be independent living. 
And then if you jump to residential care, which is basically assisted living light, looking at 2500 to 4500 a month. All right, Mark, it's already too many, too many numbers. <laughs> anyway, I told you we're going to do a lot of stuff here today. So Mark's over here giggling at me like, yeah, yes, that's a lot of numbers, Steve. <laughs> so uh, uh, assisted living, you're looking at five to $6,000 right down the middle. And then Home Plus uh, is a specific type of care. Uh, I would call that uh, assisted living uh, on the on the heavier side of things in a residential home. Awesome, uh, awesome fit for a lot of folks. Six thousand to seventy five hundred a month. And then, of course, the uh, the nursing home is traditionally known as the nursing home. It's a long term care community, skill nursing and rehab. Uh, but you're looking, you know, for the ongoing care, you're looking at about six thousand dollars a month for a semi private room. $7,500 to $9,500 a month right down the middle for a private room. And a lot of these options are private pay only. Uh, and, and so, you know, so let's, let's jump into this. So when, if you hear the term private pay, what that means is you are writing a check. It's coming out of your own resource coming right out of your pocket. So if you hear, well, we're a private pay only community. Our service is covered with private pay. That means that you are paying for it personally. Uh, so it, it, another option, 70% of us will require long-term care at some point. But however, only about 5 or 6% of, of adults own a special type of insurance called long-term care insurance. And so I want to talk about that, uh, long-term care insurance, the VA aid and attendance benefit to help veterans and surviving spouses pay for the high cost of care. I'm going to go over that today. We're going to cover a lot of ground. <laughs> so get your pencils out and get ready to take lots of notes. Uh, and then I'm going to end it up. I'm going to spend a fair amount of time today talking about Medicaid. I don't want to get too far into the weeds because you could easily get there. But I do want to cover the big stuff, uh, the the main points of Medicaid, because everyone always asks about it. And it is, wow, it is really confusing in very specific ways that you qualify it. So let's jump into long Long-term care insurance. So, first of all, what is it? It's a special type of insurance that pays very specifically for long-term care, including home care, so care in your home, adult day care, assisted living, and of course the nursing home costs. So, do not make the mistake of thinking that your Medicare coverage will pay for the same items as a long-term care insurance policy will because they are not the same. Your Medicare is basically your health insurance. Long-term care uh, insurance pays very specifically for those four items. A lot of the older policies, actually, they're very limited. They'll only pay for a nursing home level of care or maybe a nursing home and assisted living. But all of the newer policies, they're very flexible, uh, you know, home care, adult daycare, assisted living, and then, of course, the uh, long-term uh, care or the nursing home level. Uh, so let's talk about some of the basics of long-term care. So when should you purchase long-term care? And I always say at age 55, plus or minus five years. So our old friend Dave Ramsey, he says, oh, you should buy it on your 60th birthday, and uh, and that's fine. But here, here's the risk, and this is a real risk. The older you get, uh, the odds increase or the chances increase uh, of you, you know, developing some sort of a medical issue that would prevent you from qualifying. You have to qualify with your good health. Uh, and, and so let's say, you know, the doctors find a, um, just a small spot of uh, you know, 
cancer, say, on, on your skin, and they were successfully removed that, and you're perfectly fine and good to go. Well, guess what? Uh, to the insurance company, you just survived cancer, and they will not cover you. Uh, so I say 55 plus or minus five years. In my opinion, that's that's when you should buy it. You can definitely buy it when you're older. It's just going to cost more, and you may have a harder time, a uh, more difficult time uh, qualifying. Then there's uh, something called an elimination period. I don't know who made that up. It's a deductible. Uh, so it's typically around 90 days. You could have a zero or a 30 or a 60 or 90 day. Uh, it could go up from there. But the larger the deductible the lower your premium, just like any other insurance, just like our car insurance, our homeowner's insurance, and then the lower the deductible, uh, then the higher your premium is. So that's a good one that can uh, kind of adjust your premiums for you. I always recommend a daily benefit of at least $200 per day. Uh, more is better. And uh, in that way, you're going to cover. You're going to be able to cover at least the highest level of care, that nursing home level, at a semi-private room. And in our area in Kansas City, you that that would cover you. And then, that, so that that's why I recommend that. More is always better. Uh, I always recommend uh, purchasing the inflation rider or inflation protection rider. That generally would increase your coverage. That two hundred dollars a day, it'll keep up with inflation and the and the ever increasing costs of senior care. Around here, uh, most of the care, now home care seems to kind of sit in the same place. It's not moving very quickly. But most of the uh, care communities, including independent living, all of these go up about 3 to 5% per year. So that's, that's going to keep up with the cost. And so you, I am adamant you have to have the inflation protection rider to make sure that your $200 per day today will buy you the same thing in 20 years. It'll keep up with the cost uh, that are always increasing. I always recommend a term of at least five years. Uh, if you can get more than that, that's even better. And so here's why. I have math on my side. <laughs> so you have uh, 2.4 years is your average length of stay in assisted living. 59% of those residents will require an increase of care to the nursing home level where the average length of stay is about 2.4 years. It's within days of each other. So there's your five years. And no matter what, that's from a particular study that I like. Most of the studies show very similar numbers. So five years will cover your average. And again, if you can get more coverage than that, that's even better. Uh, and then make sure your plan is a state partnership qualified plan. And I'm not going to get uh, too far into that, but let's say, you know, to qualify for Medicaid, just for example, in the state of Kansas, you, you have to have your money all the way down to about $2,000 or 999 in Missouri. And so let's say your long-term care insurance pays out $100,000 in benefits, and then you need to qualify for Medicaid later. Your spend down is at 100000 not two thousand or nine hundred ninety nine dollars. So uh, hopefully that helps out on the long term care insurance side of things. And uh, so in the next segment, I'm going to jump into the VA aid and attendance benefit, and uh, lots and lots of interest there. No one, not very many people have heard about this. So I always love talking about it. And uh, in when I work with our clients with senior care consulting, I always ask about that. And uh, and so we're going to get into that in the next segment. So hang on tight. Don't go anywhere. But first, the Senior Care Live question of the week. To qualify for Medicaid in the state of Kansas, you must be a resident living in the state of Kansas for at least six months. 
Is this statement true or false? The answer right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about this program and how we can help you and your family, call our toll-free number anytime, literally 24 hours a day. We always have a real person answering our phone. It's one 800 Three three one six four four five again one eight hundred three three one six four four five and don't forget this program will stream to any electronic device. It's super easy to do. You just go to SeniorCareLive.com, click on the giant conspicuous, it's up in the left-hand corner, uh, Listen Live button, and just give it a second to connect, and it'll stream straight to your phone, your tablet, your computer, whatever you have. We have people all over the country tuning into this program and streaming it uh, you know, live uh, over the Internet into their electronic devices. So it's really, really cool, and so feel free to do that at any time. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. To qualify for Medicaid in the state of Kansas, you must be a resident living in the state of Kansas for at least six months. Is this statement true or false? And the answer is false. It is false. Kansas residency is not required. So someone from Missouri can move to a Kansas-based facility and immediately qualify for Medicaid. And you could do that in reverse. Someone from Kansas could move to the state of Missouri and qualify on day one. So no previous length of stay or residency is required uh, in, in either of the states that we broadcast in Kansas or Missouri. How about that? Pretty cool. And that catches a lot of people uh, off guard, actually. Uh, and so, anyway, I'm going to talk a whole lot more about the Medicaid and qualifying, uh, et cetera, a little bit later on the program. But don't forget, today it's all about how to pay for the high cost of senior care. We talked about long-term care insurance and private pay in the first segment. And now let's jump into the VA aid and attendance benefit. And I, I'll tell you what, every time I speak with a senior care consulting client, every time they look at me like, what is that? Well, yeah, my, my dad uh, is a veteran. Yeah, he served in World War II or, you know, mom was in the Korean War or, or mom is a surviving spouse. My dad was a veteran and, uh, and, and he did serve during the wartime in the army or the, or the Navy, et cetera. And, uh, so what are you talking about that? And a lot of people are actually pretty upset that they've never heard about this. Uh, for some reason, I don't think it's very well advertised. In fact, I know it's not very well advertised. Uh, so I'm always, constantly talking about this because uh, there are probably thousands and maybe tens of thousands of people in our listening audience and and within range of the signal of talk 980 AM who could qualify and they literally 
don't know that they could qualify. They're literally missing out on a lot of money coming to them tax-free every month. So let's jump in here. You have several different uh, layers of qualification. So first of all, the service-related requirements. At least 90 days of active duty and at least one of those days during a period of war. And so let me give you the, the big three here. And all of this is on the website, SeniorCareLive.com, under uh, Info and Resources. And then on the left, just click the link that says VA Aid and Attendance. It's all right there in black and white for you. So you don't have to worry too much about taking notes here. But uh, So the, the, the period of war, World War II, December seventh, 1941, through December 31st, 1946. So just one day during that period, and that's that's a qualification. Korean War, June 27th, 1950, through January 31, 1955. And then the Vietnam War, we're starting to have some uh, some senior care consulting clients who did serve in the Vietnam War. August 5, 1964, all the way through May 7th, 1975. There is one exception. You did not have to serve in a theater, theater of war. You didn't have to travel overseas. Uh, you may have never fired a, a weapon. Maybe you were a, a support or logistics or, or clinical uh, or, or administrative. Okay. But there's, there's one exception here to Vietnam. If you did have boots on the ground in the theater of war, the beginning of Vietnam goes all the way back to February 28th, 1961. That's the one exception. Okay, and then, of course, we have the Persian Gulf War that's open-ended. It's it's still ongoing. But um, uh, most of uh, our clients with senior care consulting served in World War II or the Korean War. The vast majority of them did. Now, the financial-related requirements, you have to have liquid assets, and so that's your Cash, you know, checking, savings, money market, mutual fund, CDs, uh, your liquid assets of about $80,000 or less for a married couple, about 40000 or less for a single or an individual. Your assets that are exempt would be, include your house and your car and all the stuff in your house. And there are some other exemptions. They're mainly looking at your liquid assets there. And then there's a real tricky income calculation. So if you say, well, we make $1,800 a month, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's the income. Well, that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for your income, an adjusted income number, your income minus your unreimbursed medical expenses. So let's say you're living in an assisted living facility, uh, paying $4,500 a month. That entire amount of assisted living cost is considered an unreimbursed medical expense. Uh, your home care uh, cost, I mean, that's an unreimbursed medical expense. Of course, the nursing home cost, uh, cost of adult daycare, your doctor's visits, your eyeglasses. There, there are a lot of unreimbursed medical expenses, but you take your income minus, might deduct those unreimbursed medical expenses. If that number is in the negative, you would qualify for the maximum amount. And I'm going to give you the amounts here in just a minute. But then you also need to be receiving care. So paying for and receiving care with at least two activities of daily living. So you can't be perfectly healthy and just say, hey, give me that money. That's not what this is for. You are receiving care and you are paying out more than you are bringing in. So now you're in the negative on a monthly basis. These are all triggers. And then 
uh, this is the list of activities of daily living. So if you're receiving help and paying for and receiving help uh, with your bathing or your showering, that's one. Your mobility or your transferring from, you know, point A to point B, that's another one. Incontinence. So if you need help with incontinence care and managing that, that's another one. Uh, needing help with your eating, toileting, or dressing. So if, if you, if you're getting help and paying for two of those six or more, then uh, then you're in. And so here's what it pays out. A single veteran can receive up to $1,794 per month. That's tax-free as a thank you for serving our country. That's a lot of money. A married veteran can receive up to $2,127 per month. That's a lot of money. And uh, so what if your spouse served and you're, and, and has passed? And you're a widow or widower. You're the surviving spouse can receive up to $1,153 per month. It's a lot of money. It can make a huge, huge difference. It's made a huge difference for many of my clients with senior care consulting. So who should you call? I always recommended contacting the VFW, the national headquarters right downtown here in Kansas City, 34th and Main. It's 816. 816- Nine six eight one one five three. So for help with applying for the VA aid and attendance benefit, call our friends at the VFW eight one six nine six eight one one five three. And don't go away because the next segment we're going to jump into Medicaid. I'll be right back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now toll free. 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by. 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about this program and how we can help you and your family, call our toll-free number anytime, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are always standing by 24 hours a day to make sure that you are speaking with a real person, 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget, if you ever miss an episode, no worries at all. Just go to SeniorCareLive.com, click on the podcast tab, and you will be able to listen to any any previously aired episodes. It is really that simple. And now, myth versus fact. Okay, here we go. I told you we're getting into Medicaid, so I'm going to start it off by uh, doing a little myth busting here. So here's the myth, and, and I can't tell you how many times I hear this, and I hear I just hear it too frequently. So, Steve, to qualify for Medicaid, I've been told that I have to give up everything that I have, including my house, and where I'm just down to the shirt on my back. And that's what everyone thinks. But uh, including a whole bunch of professionals out there that are sharing in, inaccurate information. So uh, the, here's the fact. It's just literally not true. There are several exempt assets. In fact, I'm going to go into this in detail uh, right after this uh, uh, myth versus fact segment. Uh, but you do not have to sell uh, uh, a lot of things, including your house and everything in your house and a vehicle. And there are several assets that are exempt 
uh, and that would include your house. You do not have to sign over. Uh, if I, I have to sign my house, house over to the nursing home. No, you don't. Just stop that. And whoever told you that, <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. So there are lots of exempt assets, and you do not have to sell your house to qualify for Medicaid. And that is a fact. For more information about the facts, stay tuned to this program or contact Senior Care Consulting at 913-945-2800 or visit SeniorCareConsulting.com. I just can't tell you how many times I hear, well, you know, they said that mom's going to have to sign over the house to get dad into the nursing home on Medicaid, so I guess mom's going to have to move in with us, or, you know, she they do have a van. Mom can live in the van, and I I, I think I may have – I can't say I've heard it all, because when I say that, I hear something else that makes me think, oh, my gosh, just when you think you've heard it all. But I, I'm just saying, you, you do not have to do this. You do not have to sell your house automatically. There is a point where you're probably going to want to sell your house, but it is not a requirement to qualify for Medicaid, period, capital P, period. So, And if you're being told to do this, you just got some really bad or inaccurate information. So, And as I always say, you need to seek reliable sources for your information uh and and but if you if you hear that just know that, that person is is inaccurate it's not correct and if you think about it do you think uh, what is the nursing home in the business to do they're in the business to provide care for elderly individuals needing help do you really think they want to own your house or your or your parents house do you really think they want that uh, the answer would be no. They don't want your parents' house. So you don't have to sell it. That's the whole point. So let's jump into Medicaid and how it works. So first of all, what is Medicaid? Well, I'll tell you what it's not. It is not Medicare. Okay. So, uh, far too often, and, it, and it's, it's really easy to do to interchange the, the two words, you know, Medicare and Medicaid. So just very briefly, Medicare is your health insurance. And everyone, you know, Medicare Part A, Part B, Part D for your 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 drug coverage, Part F or G for your supplement. Uh, you can have Medicare Advantage plans that replaces all of that in one plan. So, so Medicare is your health insurance. Medicaid is a separate pool of money. It's a federal program administered. Uh, at the state level, so you usually have differences in the in the different state levels and requirements and qualifications. So I like to refer to Medicaid as that safety net that says, if you should outlive your assets and you need care, we will pay. For, we Medicaid will pay for your care in a nursing home, even if you don't have enough money to pay for that every month out of your own out of your own assets. Uh, so you do have to spend down your assets and be almost out of money, and then you would qualify for Medicaid. So let's talk about the spend down and what does that really mean? Because it, it, a lot of people, if you're dealing with this at all, you've probably heard the term spend down. So what what is that? So that means that you would have to spend your your liquid assets down from wherever they are to $2,000 in the state of Kansas, $999 in the state of Missouri. And then you would qualify. It's just simply an asset test. So when you're just almost out of assets, then Medicaid will take over and pay for your care. For this conversation, we're going to limit it to the nursing home 
level of care because that's what it mostly pays for. So Medicaid is going to look at your assets and, well, what is your, you know, the countable assets and then are there any assets that are exempt? So that's what they call them, countable assets. You have to spend them down. Exempt assets, you do not have to spend them, liquidate them, or touch them. So exempt assets would include, again, your house, like I just kind of pounded on here a little bit earlier, all of this stuff in your house, one vehicle, and prepaid funeral plan. So if you don't have a prepaid funeral plan, it's a great way uh, uh, to turn a countable asset into an exempt asset. And then in some cases, the individual retirement account of the community spouse, the spouse that will still be living independently in the home and, and the spouse that does not need care, Okay, and sometimes business properties, and this gets really, really complex. That's why I always say, please contact a qualified and experienced elder law attorney to help you with this. Some business assets are exempt, some are not. Uh, uh, and in both states, a working farm would be exempt. But there are some catches with that one, too. All right. So there are differences uh, in the laws between the, uh, the states of Kansas and Missouri, uh, and one isn't better than another. They're just different. So you you absolutely must have expert advice uh, on these complex matters. So uh, accountable assets, they're mainly your liquid assets, like I mentioned before, checking accounts, savings, money markets, mutual funds, CDs, and maybe some other investments. So it may include your IRAs and 401Ks and some other individual retirement accounts uh, on the state in the state of Missouri those things are exempt in the state of Kansas that's one of the big differences uh, so it's just uh, it, it it gets very very tricky and I'm going to talk about some examples of moving from one state to another uh, and having that be a, a huge advantage from for some of our clients uh, so the IRA 401k the the retirement accounts for both spouses again are countable in Missouri uh, the uh, the IRA 401k for the at-home spouse, the independent spouse in the state of Kansas, uh, that is exempt. So it, it can just make a huge difference. So you take your liquid assets to pay for your care and other things that you may need, a wheelchair, a special mattress, some clothing, uh, some things for your room, and, just, and obviously you're going to pay for your own care, your medications, your hearing aids, uh, things that benefit the individual, and you can. that's how you can spend down your assets. And then once you get down to, again, 2000 in Kansas, $999 in the state of Missouri, you then qualify. It's, it's pretty straightforward for a single person. But then here's here's a big catch. If you're a single person and you own your home, and sure, it's exempt for a while, okay, until there is a point there where if it's reasonable to expect that you're not going to be able to return home, then you would have to sell it. But uh, but the, the point is it, it is an exempt asset for a period of time. Uh, and to qualify, it's still exempt. So the big catch is if you're a single person and you've, you're down to, you know, $999 or $2,000 in Missouri or Kansas, well, then you don't really have enough money to pay for the home and, and certainly, you know, not the mortgage payment if there still is one. Uh, it, uh, homeowners insurance, taxes, repairs and upkeep, at least minimal utilities. How are you going to pay for that? So that is the big catch for a single person. So how does Medicaid work for a married couple. This is where it gets 
really crazy and it can get really, really complex. And you want, again, you want the help of an experienced elder law attorney to work this out for you to do it properly. So, you know, back in the day, this is really sad, but some couples actually got a divorce so that they could split their assets because that's the only way they knew how to do this. Well, so, I mean, the the at-home spouse is going to run out of money because, you know, the nursing home is going to cost you 6000 to $10,000 a month. Hey, your money is going to go fast. So, so they actually got a divorce. But now, fast forward to today, and there is a, uh, there's a legal maneuver, and it's called a division of assets. And what it says is, hey, we're, we're the United States of America. That is crazy that, that you would require a, a couple, and maybe they've been married for 40 or 50 or 60 or in my grandparents' uh, uh, circumstance, or in their case, 70 years. Uh, you know, you shouldn't have to get a divorce. So let's just divide your assets on paper. And let's put half on his side, half on her side. And let's say that uh, that uh, that she is able to remain independent in the home, and then he's going to need a nursing home. So you've just divided it on paper, and you don't have to get a divorce. That is called the division of assets, and it gets really tricky and it gets really complicated. I'm not. I'm going to try not to go too much in the weeds, but I'm going to give you some uh, concrete examples of how this works in the next segment and and let you know exactly what you can do uh, if you need to divide your assets. So we're going to have a whole lot more right after the break. Don't go away. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about this program and how we can help you and your family, call our toll-free number anytime. That's 1-800-331-6445. Again, 1-800-331-6445. Back to my topic of the day, how to pay for the high cost of senior care. We've talked about private pay, long-term care insurance, the VA aid and attendance. And then I'm just going to, I'm just touching on Medicaid. Uh, it's, oh, that's a giant, I could talk for several hours on that. I'm gonna, <laughs> but we're just, we're just doing that in a couple of segments here. So we talked about the single individual spending down and qualifying pretty straightforward. And then for the couples, uh, you, you don't, the, the division of assets, so you don't have to get divorce to split up your assets. You can just do it on paper now through the division of assets. Here's the whole point. You have an individual, you have one spouse still living independently in their home. So it's designed to protect part of the assets so that the, the, the independent spouse does not become impoverished due to the high cost of care for the other spouse needing the care at, at the nursing home level. They call it the institutionalized spouse. I hate that word, uh, but that's what they're talking about. So, uh, so let's talk about, you know, when you do that division of assets and let's say you have, I'll just make up a number, you know, a hundred thousand on his side and a hundred thousand on her side. It could be any number. 
And there are some maximums. I'm not going to get too far in the weeds. Uh, otherwise, I would be speaking for several hours. But let's say we have some on his side and some on her side. Well, what? So his side, let's say, has a hundred thousand. You have to spend it down to two thousand in Kansas, nine hundred ninety-nine in Missouri. What can you spend that money on? Well, this is where it gets interesting because there are some asset protection opportunities. That if you know about, and if you're working with a, a qualified, experienced elder law attorney, you could take some serious advantage and really help out the spouse at home to help them remain independent, help them pay their bills, help them keep up the house, et cetera. So you can use the $100,000 spend down to $2,999. You can use that, obviously, to pay for your care. So you're going to pay every month for your care, you know, pay for your medications uh, and some other things uh, that, you know, that benefit the individual. But you can also take part of that cash, the accountable asset, and say you spend you know, eight or nine thousand dollars, and you buy a prepaid funeral plan, a very smart financial move, a sm- very smart business move. So you can take care of that. And guess what? A prepaid funeral plan is considered an exempt asset and does not have to be liquidated. So if you don't do that, let me paint the picture for you. So your loved one is down to two thousand or nine hundred ninety-nine dollars, and then when they pass then who's going to pay the $10,000 or the $8,000 for for the funeral and the final expenses? Well, that's going to have to come from, most of it's going to have to come from the family. Okay, and and you may have that, you may not have that, but the point is, why not take accountable asset and spend some of it buying a prepaid funeral plan, a qualified plan, and now that's an exempt asset, and now you, you've just shortened your spend down. The other thing you can do, is uh, use you can use some of that money to make home improvements, and this is huge. Okay, so say his wife is at home and they need ten thousand dollars of repair for the roof. You can take ten thousand dollars off of his side and make home improvements. Or if the flooring is bad and you need to put some new carpeting in, you can do that. You can pay for the house to be painted or a, a new uh, HVAC uh, system, which could cost you know three, four, five thousand dollars easily, or new hot water heater, whatever is needed. It's perfectly allowable, perfectly legal to take his side of the ledger and that spend down and and put some of that money back into the home pay off your debt the debt is considered joint if you have you know $5000 in credit card take 5000 a credit card debt take it off of his side and eliminate the debt if you have $20000 left on your mortgage take $20000 off of his side and pay off the mortgage here's why you want to do that and I'm going to get into this in just a second. And we're running out of time, so I'm going to fly through some of this stuff. But she's going to take a big a big household income hit because most of his income and maybe all of it is going to go to the nursing home. So she just lost a huge chunk of her assets. She's going to lose she's going to lose a big part and maybe all of his income. And she still has to remain independent and be able to pay the bills. And the utilities, the taxes don't go down if there's one person living in the home or two. The utilities are about the same. Uh, Your insurance is exactly the same. Okay, so we have to protect these assets so that the the spouse living independently can have a chance to make it. 
Okay. And then another big thing you can do with that, with that spend down money is you can upgrade the vehicle. So most spouses that I work with, they're like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm driving every day to see my husband or I, you know, I'm, I'm driving through the rain and the snow and everything else. Uh, and I'll probably be there four or five times a week, maybe every single day. Uh, but my, you know, my, my 1991 Buick is, is on its last legs, <laughs> you know, so trade the thing in and spend $20,000 and upgrade your vehicle to a more dependable means of transportation. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a great thing to do. And it, and it just makes a, a whole lot of sense. So what happens to your income when, when, when you move? So let's look at the spouse moving into the nursing home. You take their income, you deduct enough out of their income to pay for their health insurance, their Medicare premiums and the supplement premiums in Part D. So you keep up their health insurance, and then they would get to keep for their own spending money, okay, little little pocket money, $62 a month in the state of Kansas, $50 a month in the state of Missouri. Don't spend it all in one place, <laughs> right? So it's not much. Now, to be fair, Medicaid pays for everything else, just about everything else. Not everything, just about. Okay, They pay for all the big stuff. But that's a little bit of spending money for a haircut or a Diet Coke or a Snickers bar now and then. Uh, so the rest of that income goes to the nursing home as the resident copay. Okay, so the, you know, the resident liability, I think, is what they technically call it. I just call it a copay because that's what it is. So the spouse at home just lost a whole lot of income. So if you had a combined income of X dollars, that just dropped by a whole bunch. Now, again, I'm not going to get too far in the weeds. There's a minimum amount that the spouse at home can keep. Uh, and if the spouse's income is under that, you can keep part of the nursing home spouse's uh, dollars to, to get that up to that minimum amount. But the bottom line is, every single time that I've seen this worked out, if you do the math, usually the person at home takes a great big hit and, and several hundred dollars uh, per month in the family household income, combined income. So the question is, I mean, how many of us uh, can, could take, you know, withstand a 600 or seven or 800, $900 a month uh, in a, re, in a reduction of our household income and expect to make it? So that's why these asset protection strategies and working with a qualified and experienced elder law attorney, that's why it makes a huge difference. One more super quick example. I worked with a very nice lady on the Missouri side of the state line. She had $250,000 worth of uh, a retirement money, a 401k through her job, etc. So if her husband is placed in a Missouri home, they have to cut that in half. If we go to Kansas... Every every cent of her retirement income is considered exempt. And we work with families on this stuff all the time. So if you have questions, feel free to give me a call. Hopefully that wasn't too much and you're not on numbers overload. So uh, uh, I, I enjoyed uh, giving you that quick overview today. And to everyone listening, I am so honored you spent part of your day listening to this program. Thank you so very much. I'm your host, Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. I'll see you next week right here on Senior Care Live. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.